You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered in iTunes online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thanks so much again for tuning in on the back half of getting to 100 podcast episodes as we talked about in show number 50. That's really my goal is to get to 100 episodes, not as quickly as possible because I don't want to publish crap, but I do want to get to 100 episodes in the next year or so. And I think it's a very doable goal. And so we're going to start off here today by talking about portfolio management, a question that we get often, which is, do I manage the single position or do I manage to the overall portfolio? Now, it's about 4.15 in the morning here, so if my voice is a little raspy, you have to excuse me. As a father now with two girls, my youngest daughter, Anna, she's just about two months old right now, still gets up a little bit in the middle of the night, so she just got up, fed. That was great. She's back to sleep now, and so now dad can get up and do a little bit of work. And uh, of course, who doesn't want to talk about it 4.15 in the morning, portfolio management? I, I personally do, so maybe you do too. Now, two things I want to talk about real quick before we get into today's show. First, I want to really encourage you, especially if you're new to Option Alpha or even if you've been listening for a little while, is go back and listen to older podcasts that we have. So in today's show, for example, when we talk about portfolio management, another podcast that you can listen to is show 47, where we talked about options trading, risk management, position sizing, kind of figuring out what that optimal position size is. And sometimes what I found through people emailing is that they go back and they listen to some of these episodes maybe two or three times. And some of the things that they caught before or didn't catch before, now they're catching and they're being able to understand it's a lot more clear. So if you've listened to us for a long time, if you are enjoying the podcast, go back and listen to a couple of those previous shows that we've done since we've done 50 now. There's a lot to choose from and see if you can't pick up another one or two things that maybe we might have mentioned or maybe one of the interview guests that we have on might have mentioned about trading that now is more relatable to where you're at in your journey. Now, the second thing is too, if you are not a pro member yet, I really encourage you to do so because the forum that we launched a couple weeks ago, and I think we talked about it in some of the other episodes, is literally blowing up. I mean, people are loving this thing. I'm loving this thing. This is, and this is really just the culmination of what I already knew to be true. And that's, we have ridiculously smart and very successful traders, part of our community. And for a long time, it's been one-to-one way connections. So me to trader A, me to trader B. And so by building this forum out, we're now starting to connect all of these different traders from around the world. And I think one of the threads in there was, you know, like, where are you from? And there's already 17 different countries that were mentioned in there from different traders from all over the world. And What's really cool is that we've got guys in here that are ex-Goldman Sachs traders, investment bankers. We've got, you know, the mom and pop, a business owner who's doing, you know, a couple hundred thousand a year trading. And we've got, you know, university presidents in here. So like Hofstra University and Virginia Tech, you know, university professors. I mean, it's just really crazy the amount of knowledge that's being built up in this forum. And so again, if you aren't already a pro member, I would encourage you to get in there because 
the value of the pro membership, while nominal on the monthly basis, is going to be so much greater now that you get connected with all these traders, especially some of the sections in there that we have and some of the channels about, you know, tips and suggestions. I mean, people are posting trades and they're getting, you know, sometimes 15, 16 responses on a thread from other traders about, you know, what they would do different or what they would look at or, you know, here's another alternative. And so, look, this is what I have wanted for a long time. And I'm so disappointed that I didn't do this earlier, but it just took a long time to actually build out the way that we wanted it. But this forum now is a great, great tool to connect all of you with one another. And so I just, again, encourage you to get back in there and uh, get active in the forums. So in today's show, like we talked about, we're going to talk about a question that I get often and really it comes in a very different manner all the time. And it's really, you know, how do I manage my portfolio? And the, the portfolio seems to be something that you know, is like this elusive, you know, unicorn of like this magic portfolio management theory. And of course, there's no perfect way to do it. There's obviously, I think, you know, a better way to do it when it comes to options trading versus, you know, just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and doing whatever you think is right. But a question that we often get is, you know, things like, how do I manage this position? Or should I even manage this position? How do I look at my overall portfolio? What should I really be paying attention to? So in today's episode, I hopefully want to dig in a little bit deeper into my thought process on how you should be managing your portfolio and any single positions that you have in there. So we'll start off by saying, I think you should be managing both, right? And that's probably a little challenging because you're probably like, Kirk, wait, isn't there one that we should be focusing on more than the other? And I think it's not true. I think you do have to manage both things independently first, right? So I think you do have to always look at single positions in your portfolio. So by single position, I mean, you've got to look at, you know, whatever credit spread you have or whatever iron condor you have or calendar, it doesn't really matter. You got to look at those individual positions first. But then what you have to do is you have to ask yourself the next important question, which is a question that people don't often ask. And that is, does that position, does managing it, meaning whatever you have to do with that position, take it off, remove it, adjust it, how does that, managing that position, affect my overall portfolio? So I think you have to look at not only the individual positions, but the impact that that individual position has on the overall portfolio. So let's go through some examples so that this makes a little bit more sense. So let's say, for example, and we'll just start with a very basic example and then kind of work maybe to a little bit more advanced. So a basic example might be that you have one bullish trade and you have five bearish trades in your portfolio. It doesn't matter what they are, but you've got one bullish trade and you've got five bearish trades. Well, if that one bullish trade is going bad, meaning the market's going against you, but all five of your bearish trades are going well, do you really need to do anything to that bullish trade that you have? So the one trade that's going against you, maybe you're losing $100 on that one bullish trade but on the five bearish trades that you have, you're making $100 each, you're positive $400 in your account because most of your portfolio is bearish and that's the overall direction of maybe the market or the sector that you're trading. So when you look at the individual position, you say to yourself, okay, that bullish trade that I have that's losing $100, yes, that trade could be managed. It could be adjusted maybe, and maybe it could be adjusted, but when you look at that trade in the context of your overall portfolio, you start to think to yourself, hey, that's actually not too bad. Like I'm losing on one trade and that's okay because I'm trading, you know, hopefully trading as non-directional as I can, but my overall portfolio is making money. 
So in that case, maybe you don't do anything to that one single trade, that bullish trade that's going against you. In fact, I would even argue that you don't do anything to that position because it's your only exposure if the market goes higher. So if the market completely reverses and now your five bearish trades start losing money, well, that bullish trade is going to be the only thing that helps keep you balanced and as neutral as possible if the market goes and continues higher. So I would even you know, argue again that you don't do anything to that position. You let it lose a little bit of money. You don't manage it or adjust it or take it off or use a stop loss because it gives you some bullish exposure. So when you think about your overall portfolio, you have to break it down into this context of looking at the single position and how that single position impacts the overall portfolio. Another example is you know, something that we actually had recently as at the time I'm recording this video, it's middle part of June already. And so we're getting closer to options expiration and we've got a position in Solar City that's completely bad, right? Like so it's gone completely against us. We thought Solar City was going to go down. Solar City did not go down. In fact, it went much higher than we thought, and that's okay. We took a debit spread position. We thought Solar City would move lower. But this position will end up probably losing about $330. So it's not a huge loss, but it's obviously a decent loss. But the context of this position is that we had other positions that more than overshadowed this. So all month we traded around this position. This was a bearish position, but we had other bullish positions that made up for this loss and then some. So do I care that SolarCity lost money? Of course. I don't ever want to have a losing trade. Nobody wants to have a losing trade. But in the context of the overall portfolio, every day that SolarCity lost, say, $20, then our overall portfolio made back $50, right? So we're still positive, or as most people would say, like upside right, whatever it is, $30 on the overall day. Even though SolarCity didn't actually work out as a single individual trade, the overall portfolio still made money. So that's kind of the concept. Now, if you start to get a little bit more advanced and now you start to have, let's, and let's take it to the next level here. Let's say that you have, you know, more than just, you know, five or six positions, but you start to get a little bit more advanced and now you're starting to look at beta weighting your portfolio. Now, this is a concept that we've talked about a lot inside of our new tracks. So you can take all of our tracks for free. We don't charge anything for those. You just want to go to optionalpha.com and then sign up for a membership. You can take all of our tracks and it's a concept that we talk about in our tracks, which is portfolio beta weighting everything that you have. Now, the reason that I like to use portfolio beta weighting is because it literally takes everything and makes them apples to apples comparison. So the problem with traditionally using a delta weighting, which I think, which delta by itself is okay, but you don't know really what the impact or the beta of different positions are on whatever you're going to use as your benchmark. So for example, if we are trading, and we'll talk about the closing bell segment here, we're making a bullish trade in FXY or just did make a bullish trade in FXY. FXY actually has negative beta, which means that as basically this FXY goes up, that's actually like having a negative position on the S&P 500, okay? So it doesn't necessarily correlate one-to-one, meaning every time that you make a bullish position, it doesn't mean that's going to have an overall bullish impact on your portfolio. It doesn't always work like that, especially with some inverse ETFs. So like right now we're trading TBT, which is an inverse bond ETF. And obviously bonds typically work in the inverse of the market. So we've got like this double inverse, you know, factor here in our portfolio. So the way that I like to, you know, kind of make all this noise go away and kind of simplify everything is to beta weight my entire portfolio to one index. I've talked about this for years and years. So this is nothing new. This is something I've done for probably seven years now. 
is you beta weight everything to one index and you always follow that index. So if you want to follow the S&P, great. You follow the S&P, you beta weight to SPX or SPY. If you want to follow something else, you always beta weight to the same benchmarks. You always want to be shooting at the same target or using the same target for your overall portfolio. Now, as you build a portfolio of maybe more than five positions, you start having 10 or 15 or sometimes 20 positions in your portfolio. Now you can beta weight that portfolio and see if your portfolio is pretty neutral or if it's getting out of whack. In this case, let's assume that our portfolio is already really bullish. So let's assume that most of our positions, when we beta weight it to SPY, gives our portfolio curve or PL diagram a bullish tilt, meaning if the market generally moves higher, that's going to be really, really good for our overall portfolio. Again, we might have a couple positions that lose money, but generally we're going to make a lot of money in this example if the market moves higher and our portfolio is already beta weighted to a bullish exposure, probably delta positive. Now in this example, if you had a single position that was, let's say, losing money and the market was moving higher, and let's say you had a bearish position, right? So you have a bearish position, but your overall portfolio is pretty bullish. And that bearish position is losing money because you thought the stock would go down and the stock's actually going higher with the rest of the market. Now, in this example, the individual or single trade could be adjusted to be more neutral. So let's say you sold a credit call spread on Facebook, for example. So you sold a credit call spread on Facebook. You thought Facebook would go lower and ended up going higher with the rest of the market, you're losing a little bit of money on Facebook, right? But your overall portfolio is making money because the market's going higher and that's where your portfolio is beta weighted to. So in this case, you could make the argument that you could adjust Facebook and let's say sell a credit put spread on the other side of Facebook and turn it into an iron condor. So again, if you have a credit call spread, which is a bearish position, People could make the argument and say, look, that individual position, since it's going against us, we could sell a credit put spread behind Facebook or below Facebook's price and turn it into an iron condor and make that position more neutral. Well, I would argue in this case, and hopefully that was a clear example, but I would argue in this case that you actually probably don't want to do that in your portfolio right now. And the reason is, is because if you adjust Facebook, you're just going to make your overall portfolio even more bullish than it already is. If your portfolio is not neutral and you're already super bullish on everything, why would you want to adjust a trade, a single trade that kind of maybe will start to make your portfolio even more bullish than it already is? Yes, it would help if the market continues to go higher. I get that and I'm not you know, trying to work around that. I'm just saying, let's think logically through this and be smarter traders about how we approach our portfolio because if we make that adjustment in Facebook to make the position more bullish, all we're doing is adding fuel to the fire to make ourselves even more unbalanced than we already are right now. So I would argue in this case that you don't adjust the Facebook position. You leave it as is. You're still making money overall, but you need to keep some of that bearish exposure in your portfolio. In fact, I would say you want to go out and start taking off trades that are already winning. Maybe you have some trades that you know are starting to reach profit targets. And so you take some of those trades off and you remove some bullish exposure that you have and you start to get back to neutral or you go out and you find trades that are bearish in tilt so that you can get back to neutral as the market moves higher. So that's the way that you have to think about your portfolio. Yes, you could adjust that individual position in Facebook. 
You could sell the credit put spread, turn it into an iron condor. But the question you really want to ask is how does that impact my overall portfolio? If it makes me more bullish, is that really a good thing, right? In fact, if right now I'm using our example, if we're already bullish, we probably want to be maybe a little bit less bullish or maybe a little bit more neutral. Now, let's use a different example here. And so hopefully clear your mind here. Think about something different. Let's build a new portfolio, okay? Now, this new portfolio has bearish tilt. So I'm really challenging you here on this podcast. This new portfolio has bearish tilt. So when we beta weight our portfolio, we generally want the market to go down. Again, some positions might lose a little bit, but overall, if the market goes down, that's going to help our overall portfolio. Now, in this case, let's say that we still have that credit call spread in Facebook. So we're bearish on Facebook. And let's say that the market continues to go higher, just like in our previous example. The only difference here is that our overall portfolio is starting off with a bearish tilt. And now we have this credit call spread in Facebook, which is a bearish position, but the market's moving against us. So the market is moving higher, which is bad for Facebook, our individual call credit spread position. And it's bad for our overall portfolio to have the market move higher. Now, in this example, it makes 100% sense to go ahead and adjust Facebook by selling a credit put spread and turning it into an iron condor. Because think about what you're doing by doing that. You're basically adding a bullish trade to your portfolio. You're selling a credit put spread below the market, which is a bullish trade, gives you positive delta, which works well for Facebook because you're losing a little bit on Facebook. So on the individual trade basis, it works really well. And that credit put spread is also helping you become more delta neutral or beta neutral to the market because it's giving you bullish exposure when your overall portfolio is pretty bearish right now. So in this example, you can see that a trade or an adjustment or managing this position in Facebook by adding a credit put spread works great for the individual trade and for the overall portfolio. And so when I talk about adjustments a lot, and again, we talk about this in tracks, and especially with pro and elite members, we talk about adjustments a ton. I always try to mention that you have to be thinking about your adjustments and their impact on the individual trade and the overall portfolio. The best adjustments you can make have a great impact on the individual trade. So again, in this example with Facebook, adding a credit put spread and turning it into an iron condor is a great adjustment. And that adjustment is working well for the overall portfolio. So it kind of like does double duty here and serves two purposes, it kills two birds with one stone. And so that's how you want to be thinking about your positions. So to kind of wrap things up a little bit here before we get into the closing bell segment, again, when you're thinking about managing single positions versus the overall, I think it's important that the overall portfolio is always taken into account. So in this case, yes, the sum of all the parts is more important than the individual pieces. And that's the real big takeaway with portfolio management. I don't care personally, many people have heard me say this, I've talked about a lot. I don't care if I lose $1,000 or $2,000 on a trade, so long as I'm making four or $5,000 on all the other trades that we have in our portfolio. So as long as my portfolio is pretty neutral, and if I lose a little bit of money there, but I make it all back up someplace else, I'm okay doing that. I want my portfolio to be neutral, and I understand that that means sometimes I'm going to lose some money on some trades, and I have to be okay with that. It's just when you get into adjusting that you should really 
take a look at that individual position, make sure that an adjustment or a trade, a new trade, exiting a trade, whatever you want to do with individual positions, you've got to think about the impact that that has on the overall portfolio. And yes, this doesn't happen overnight. So it does take a little bit of time. And yes, you're going to have to work through this. It's not going to be easy, right? It's going to take a little bit of work, but anything worth doing in life obviously takes a little bit of work. But once you start to understand this concept and you start really thinking through these adjustments a little bit more, I guarantee that's going to come a lot faster the more you do it. So you start thinking through positions a lot more over the next, say, 30 or 60 days. It's going to become more and more apparent what you need to do with positions. And it'll really help your confidence because then you won't freak out or go crazy if a position starts going against you. Like right now, the Solar City position that we talked about, totally going to be a loser. I'm okay with it. I realize that you know we've made up more than enough money on the you know other trades that we've made this month to cover that and then some. So I'm okay with that. I don't really you know I, I understand that I'm going to have losing trades and that's kind of the approach that you should have too. Is that you got to understand you're going to have losing trades as long as the overall portfolio does well, then you should be in good shape. So let's get into the closing bell and let's actually talk about a new trade that we're making here in FXY. Now. The closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, I want to talk about a trade that we just got into yesterday, actually, in FXY. So again, I'm recording this at 4.15 in the morning or so, and so the markets are not open. The futures are open. They're pointing lower, which is obviously good for volatility and traders. But we did get into a trade in FXY. Now, at the time that we're doing this video, there's so much talk about a Brexit. And who knows what that's going to end up being in the future. Maybe I'll come back and listen to this podcast and kind of see what that impact is. But as a result, all of the currency markets and therefore all of the currency ETFs like FXY and FXE, etc., are starting to see volatility go crazy. And that's really happened over about the last week or so because people are anticipating something coming out of this Brexit talk that's going to happen later next week. And so as people anticipate this and they start buying options, volatility increases. And that means that it gives us traders an opportunity to maybe make some plays here. Now, we've already made some trades in things like FXE. And so now we're starting to diversify a little bit more into FXY, which is the Japanese yen ETF. In this case, right now at the time that we're doing this recording, the ETF is closing about 91 and a quarter, 91.30 or so. So it's definitely on the high end of the range. It's rallied up and I think it might continue to, to rally a little bit more. In fact, that's kind of like my assumption here is maybe that the FXY is going to continue to rally. So again, it doesn't really matter in this case, you know, which direction or what you want to do. We've talked about that in other podcasts. My assumption here is just that I think FXY is going to go higher and that works well with our overall portfolio and, and what we need to kind of maintain our neutral stance in our portfolio. Now, in this case right now, FXY has IV rank at the 63rd level. And so that's higher than 50, obviously, and that's what we really want to see. It's not insanely high up in the 80s or 90s. So we still have room for volatility to expand. And, and I think it maybe will expand maybe just a little bit more as we get closer to that actual Brexit vote next week. But already having IV at the 63rd rank gives us an opportunity to get into this trade and possibly you know, do something to add some short premium to our portfolio. So we're going to trade the July contracts. Those are about 30 days out from the time that we're recording this video. And again, the stock right now, our ETF is trading at 91 and a quarter. When we actually go into the pricing screen, 
one of the things I look at is I look at obviously volume and open interest. Now it's very apparent right now on FXY, which is not usually the norm for most things that we trade because most things that we trade are pretty liquid on both sides, but it's pretty apparent right now on FXY that a lot more of the volume and open interest is on the put side. It's not that there isn't volume and open interest on the call side. It's just that the volume and open interest is very light. So for example, the 94 strike calls only have 127 contracts of open interest. So not that many people have actually made trades at the 94 calls. And those are a couple dollars out of the money. On the other side, the 90 and 89 and 88 and 87 puts all have over a thousand contracts of open interest. So definitely a little bit of a shift as to where people are placing their bets. Now, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that anybody is going to be right or wrong. It doesn't can't really look into this and say, ah, okay, but you know, there's so many people on the put side, so therefore it's going down, it's going up. You just have to realize there's just a lot more people trading on the put side for whatever reason. So in our case, what we're going to do is we're going to do a credit put spread in FXY. And so we're going to sell, or we did sell, the 90 strike puts. Those are about a dollar and a quarter below where the market is. And then we're going to go back in and buy the 89 strike puts, which is just a dollar below the 90 strike puts. So we're selling the 90 strike puts, buying the 89 strike puts, and that difference between selling and buying gives us a credit of $35 per contract. Now in this case, that's pretty fair pricing because $35 per contract is about what we should get paid on this trade based on the fact that it's got about a 35% chance of losing at expiration. So the likelihood that FXY, right now, based on everything that we know about FXY, its entire trading history, volatility, 30 days to go until expiration, has a 35% chance of closing below the 90 strike. Now, obviously, our break-even point's a little bit less than that, but we're going to assume, okay, 35% chance that it closes below the 90 strike. So in this case, for fair credit spread pricing, we need to collect 35% of the width of the strikes that we select. In this case, the width of the strikes that we're trading is a dollar. So the 90 to the 89 strikes, that's a dollar wide. And we need to collect to get fair pricing the percentage that we are going to lose or the likelihood that we're going to lose, which is 35%. So we need to collect 35% of $1 is $35. And that's what we end up actually collecting. So the liquidity that's being shown or the activity in FXY actually is creating pretty fair pricing for the put credit spread options. Now, in this case, we've got about a 65, 67% chance of success. So it's a little bit less than what we usually target, which is about a 70% chance of success. But I think it's still a good trade. It works well in our overall portfolio. In our case, we're going to scale up and do probably, uh, we did five contracts. We'll probably get into a little bit more here later on this week and, and try to build a little bit more into this position. But in this case, it, I think it's a really good trade. Again, 65% chance of winning on this trade. It's a risk-defined trade, so you can do this in any account, whether it's an IRA or a SEP IRA or a margin account. You can do it in a cash-secured account, and you can do this very, very small. So one contract, if you just want to do one spread, you're just getting started. It's only $65 of risk, and you've got a high probability of success. So that's for all the people who tell me all the time that you can't get started with a little bit of money. You absolutely can. In this case, you can do it with $65 of risk. Now, you're going to you know, quit your job on $35 of profit? Probably not, right? And that's before commissions. But you just have to realize that it is a really high probability trade and you can start to get into this and start to work your way up 
in your portfolio as you start to add money and start to accumulate profits over time. So I like this trade for a bunch of different reasons that we just talked about. I think it's going to be an interesting trade as we go through kind of the Brexit talk next week. Like I said, we've got positions in FXE. We've got positions in bonds. Uh, so I think we're well positioned for this Brexit move, whatever you know ends up happening. And obviously, we'll just have to wait and see. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. Again, and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources and any links that we mentioned in the show, and then some really cool related video training on this topic of portfolio management by going to our show notes page at optionalpha.com slash show 51. That's just the number 51, optionalpha.com slash show 51. And of course, if you like today's show, please head on over to iTunes. Take the two minutes that it takes to give us a review and a rating. It is honestly the best way to get the show into the hands of those who need it most, other traders like you, and I would be extremely grateful. Finally, you can get our ultimate strategy guide, which we completely revamped just a couple weeks ago by going to optionalpha.com slash ebook. Again, that's optionalpha.com slash ebook. We completely expanded this edition. I rewrote the entire thing. We made it from 45 pages to 90 pages. It's got cheat sheets for every single strategy, when you should enter it, how you should enter it, break even points, how you should manage it, the profit targets, everything in one single PDF, and it's 100% completely free. So again, download our ultimate strategy guide, optionalpha.com slash ebook. Until next time, happy trading.